You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Cashman, and this is our weekly look at the Minnesota Twins. Joined this week by Corey Provis, radio voice of the Twins. He's filling in for Rhett Bollinger, who is out in South Korea this week. How about that, Corey? He's going to uh, visit Young uh, Ho Park's uh, homeland. Yeah, I guess he's going to take in some baseball games in Korea and then write some stories about uh, Park and his time there and growing up there and playing there. So that, that's a neat experience for Rhett. Absolutely. Um, all right, so catching up on the Twins here, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Kurt Suzuki. Had the uh, six RBI night uh, uh, Tuesday night and uh, nearly hit for the cycle. And, you know, here's a guy who had a, a miserable offensive season in 2015 after a, a solid season in, um, in 2014 that uh, earned a re-signing with the Twins. But uh, I, I see he's using this axe-handled bat. And ever since he used the axe-handled bat, uh, in 15 games, he's hit safely in 13 of those games. He's at 375 with 15 RBI. Is it that simple? This change in bats uh, bring the best out of Kurt Suzuki. You know, it's it's a better question for him, but the, but the results are great, and I know he's not the first to to kind of uh, you know adapt to that new handle and to that new style, but. You know, Dan Gladden, I work with him every day, Anthony, and he always said, hey, whatever is going to make you comfortable, stick with that. And that that goes for equipment, that goes for routine. And Curtis found something here uh, because the Twins catchers, they they weren't getting any production uh, from the Twins catchers offensively in April, May, and then here in June. It's really been Suzuki once, Centeno plays sparingly. Uh, John Ryan Murphy has spent the bulk of the year down at AAA. So maybe Suzuki's catching more than anybody thought he would when the season began, Anthony, but hard to sit him. And uh, this new bat that he's been uh, using the last few weeks and uh, is certainly a, a bonus for him as, as, as the results have been great. Corey, I'm a little intrigued by uh, Max Kepler, uh, German-born young outfield prospect, and he's gotten a decent opportunity here uh, the last month or so. And, um, you just look over the last week, uh, he's had a really strong week, betting uh, 360 with eight runs and five extra base hits and a seven-game hitting streak going into Wednesday's play. Um, what have you been your thoughts of, of just Kepler's development at the big league level and, and what his future holds? I was asking some of the Twins front office personnel and even some of the coaches who have seen Max in the minor leagues, Anthony, over the years, and they, what they told me, really rings true when you watch him play every day at the big league level is that everything he hits, he hits really, really hard. I just kind of, when he makes contact, I'm watching the ball, but then I'm also watching uh, to see what, you know, some of the stat cast info and specifically exit velocity. Everything he hits seems to be about 105, 108, 109 miles per hour, even his ground ball outs. Just he is a true line drive hitter. And uh, maybe as he gets older, he'll have some more loft with his swing. And But for the time being, everything that, that I've heard about Max uh, pretty much is, is, is accurate. Because his swing, there's something about just the line drive numbers, but how hard he hits everything has been awfully, awfully impressive. And, uh, you know, a guy that was the Twins minor league player of the year and then right field, it seems like, has, has been there for the taking for somebody. R.C. had a chance, uh, Sano had a chance, Sano's out, R.C. had DFA'd, and now, you know, Kepler's been given a chance, and he's not uh, he's not going to give it up without a fight. 
Yeah, always interesting to me the guys who take advantage of opportunity, expect the, expect, excuse me, especially unexpected opportunity. I'm actually doing a story on uh, uh, Sports on Earth about that this week. Some of the guys around the league who, um, you know, just, just weren't in the opening day projections at all, and maybe there's an injury or, or some unforeseen circumstance that, that thrust them in the lineup. And, and the Twins have a great example in Eduardo Nunez, who, you know, kind of a career utility type and, uh, Eduardo Escobar has the groin issue early in May, and, and Nunez gets a lot more playing time. And I don't know, Corey, I mean, there's, there's a pretty decent argument that he's the Twins all-star right now. I, I don't think it's much of a debate, Anthony. I think that even though Nunez, I think, has cooled the last maybe 10 games or so, but yeah. the sample of work has been the steadiest by far from Nunez more than any other Twin. I mean, Joe Maurer's had a fine season. I had a really good April, I think, a down May. But June has been better for Joe, even though he was kind of at a funk, specifically against uh, the Yankees in this recent four-game weekend set the Twins had at Target Field before this week's series of the Phillies began. But but I I don't have a vote, uh, per se, because uh, Nunez, he wasn't even on the ballot. You have to kind of write him in. And uh, if, I, if I was going to vote, and uh, I, I would say Nunez would be the guy for me. Yeah, that's crazy, too, because he, his numbers do stack up, and we're, we're at this time in the game where there's this great crop of young shortstops, and especially in the American League, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, and, and Nunez's numbers very, you know, stack up very well against those guys. So a really strong season, unexpected season. Uh, you mentioned Maurer. I was watching a little bit of that uh, Twins-Yankees series the other day, and, uh, you know, I, I saw him uh, beat one, uh, ground one in the shift. Uh, Didi Gregorius is basically playing behind second base. Um, you, know, you know, Joe had the strong start to the season, average-wise. On, on measure this season, he's getting on base at a very good clip. But uh, it just seems like that shift is still something he, he's working to beat with regularity. Yeah, I mean, Joe's always going to be an opposite field hitter. And uh, he'll, he'll pull a ball occasionally. But just, you know, I, I watch where teams defend Joe more in the outfield, Anthony, than, than in the infield. And I, I thought that, you know, the Royals, they, they have it down. The way that... Alex Gordon defends Maurer, I yeah. think, is kind of the manual for how one probably should defend Joe if you just kind of study, you know, the charts and, and all the spray charts and where Joe hits the ball because Gordon may be placed, I don't know, 10 feet, 15 feet max from the left field line when the Twins and the Royals play. Uh, other teams that don't adopt that same strategy, he'll beat you because he just is so good as – his double on Tuesday night went out to left center field, and that, that's where Joe hits. And his double gave him 350 in his career. And uh, But Joe will pull one occasionally. But, you know, Joe's an on-base guy. He's not going to be this big power guy. He's not going to be among his peers, American League first baseman and OPS and slugging and, and then be a big run producer. He's kind of a non-base percentage machine, and that, that's what he's been. That's, that's his role, despite what his contract says, despite how much he's making. He just doesn't have the makeup to be, you know, like, like a Cabrera or like some other, you know, big offensive, you know, uh, guys that, that play first base in the American League that are counted on to drive in all these runs. That, that's not Joe's game anymore. And I, I know it was during his MVP season, but, you know, especially since the move to target field, that, that's just not the same Joe Maurer. Corey, just kind of looking big picture here, you know, in our industry, it's never too early to think about the trade deadline, certainly not uh, too early after the draft. That's that's when the industry kind of shifts in that direction. And I guess that's the one benefit to being in the Twins position where you are, you 
know, they got off this terrible start, unexpectedly terrible start. But the one benefit of that is you know which side of the river you're on, so to speak. And, you know, there, there's the opportunity there to, uh, you know, perhaps get some young pieces if, if you can move some, uh, uh, move some pieces to a contending club. As you look at this roster, are there guys who, who stand out to you as, uh, you know, particular trade candidates in that regard? I think everybody is uh, going to be there, not for the taking necessarily, because I'm sure some, I don't have the full list, but I, I know that, you know, a couple guys either have full no trades or limited no trades, and I don't have all those names and exactly how it works because you know, yeah. I don't see their contracts. But, uh, you know, I, I've asked Terry Ryan, Anthony, this question in prior years, not so much last year when they were a contending team, but when they were a sub-500 team and looking to sell even at 12, 13, and and parts of 14 as well, that, that Terry's line was he's going to listen to everybody. And I, I think the same strategy applies again this summer, sadly, because we all felt uh, that, that follow this team, that encourage the team, and, and want to see this team win games, that we thought the Twins would be a contending team once again. But uh, the 0-9 star put this team in, in the kind of selling mode they won. And you're hoping to find some kind of spark and. You know, even as June began, where the Twins were playing a ton of home games at June, you held out just a small, small amount of hope for some kind of, you know, drastic historical turnaround. But but it did not happen, and the Twins are sellers. They have to kind of look themselves in the mirror and then see that's why and, and where they're at. So I would expect Terry to be listening on everybody as, as we get near the August uh, 1 trade deadline. I'll be curious if uh, Fernando Abad uh, turns out to be a – you know, decent trade chip for them. Right right now, there's all this talk about, you know, Andrew Miller or all this Chapman with the Yankees, these dominant, uh, you know, prominent left-handed relievers. But Abad got off to such a great start for the Twins. And, you know, there's a guy uh, kind of signed uh, low profile and, and got off such a great start for them. Now, he gave up a few runs the other night, and his, I think his ERA basically doubled uh, just from, you know, giving up a few runs in one outing. But I think that also speaks to how low his ERA was going into that. Um, what, what have been your thoughts on, on what he's brought to this bullpen? Well, kind of a surprise. You know, he's got this, this what he calls it, a super changeup that he will throw low 60s, 63, 64. He'll throw it to righties and lefties, but primarily righties. And that was that was an effective pitch for him. But his numbers against lefties, and I know D.D. Gregorius got him over the weekend, uh, even going back to last Thursday, it was a three-run home run. But before that, and even with that, I think Abad's given up five or six hits maybe all year to lefties. So his numbers are really, really good and kind of a nice surprise. And he hasn't been all that bad against righties either. So I, I think he's certainly going to be a guy out there that the teams are going to be calling on. And I could see others. But the, the Twins' bullpen has struggled. They've had a lot of different guys, different roles. And, you know, Kevin Jepson's not closing anymore. They've had a revolving door at, at times with that bullpen. But I, but I could see Abad being uh, being one guy that the teams certainly are going to be interested in obtaining because of all the arms. He's maybe been the most consistent out there from day one. One last thing, Corey. You know, we, we talked about Rhett is over in uh, South Korea, Byung-ho Park's uh, home country. And uh, I, I'm just curious your impressions of Park uh, his first few months in the big leagues. I, he got off to a solid start. He's had the uh, adjustment uh, as, as pitchers have adjusted to him. I know it, it's been difficult for him to adjust back. Uh, it had a very needed uh, three RBI night the other night, but in the month of June, he's hitting, he's hitting 170. Uh, what have been the thoughts on, on his acclimation to the major league level? When he was really scuffling for the first time back in earlier or mid-May, 
Paul Molitor was having a, a conversation with him about his time when he played in Korea, and he asked him, oh, he said, you know, when you would get off the rails in Korea, what would you do? And his answer was fascinating. He said to Paul, I was never off the rails in Korea. I've never had this kind of prolonged slump in my professional baseball life. And, and if you look at his numbers in, uh, in Korea, you can see why. He was such an offensive machine over there. So this is new territory for him. It's not surprising. I, I, I'm not stunned by this. I thought there would be uh, some, some ups and downs with Park. Now the down has been a little bit longer than I think anybody uh, envisioned it being. But uh, his role right now is, is really interesting, and it's kind of unknown with, with Miguel Sano probably coming back you know, sometime maybe late next week. Um, you know, Barring any other roster moves here, I don't know how this is going to play out with the third base and DH and even first base because I, I, don't, I don't think we'll see Miguel Sano back in right field anytime soon. Uh, you know, Terry Ryan called it a right field experiment, and he said it went okay, and, and that's perhaps being a little kind. So if, so if Sano comes back and, you know, Trevor Plouffe is still on the team, well, then what do you do with Park? Does he get sent down? He can, unlike uh, Hyunsoo Kim with the Orioles. Uh, you know, Park doesn't have that same clause. He can be optioned out just like any other major league player has options available. Uh, so I, that, that's a, it's, a, it's kind of a, a compelling question when Sano comes back. What will Park's role be, depending on also what position Miguel is going to play when he does return? All right, there's the latest from Corey Provost. He's the radio voice of the Twins. I want to thank him for joining us this week, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.